I'll just I'll just talk without one of those. Let me um, <clears throat> add my warm welcome to you this morning. It's really great that we can be here and share together as we look at God's word and as we can worship together. And particularly if you're visiting with us again, a very warm welcome. We've done G over the last five weeks. This is the fifth week we've been looking at our vision statement. And even though it's Mother's Day, we're going to stick with this. Actually, A is relevant, you know, being active. That's what mums do most of the time. Run around after their husbands. Um, children, children. Um, first of all, we started about G, which was being genuine people, being genuine truth tellers, being able to share the truth, being able to talk truth, and, and it, not just, it comes out in our lives as well. And we did two weeks talking about that. We then looked at R, which was being receptive. As people talk truth to us, receiving that, receiving what God has to say, contemplating that, not rejecting it, not being defensive, but welcoming what God has to say and welcome what people have to say and, and to deal with those issues. Not to be a fool and to reject, not to be evil and do what we want anyways, but to be wise, particularly as God speaks to us. And today we come to the first of two inactive. So if you've been going through the study guides, I actually have one in my back pocket, um, the new ones down the back, probably not as many printed off as need to be printed off. So if you've got two in the family, you can pick another one up during the week, but grab one if you've been using it, and, and there should be enough for, for those people who are using it in their home groups and that. We're at A, being active people. Not just hearing truth, and receiving truth, but doing something with it. Being a community of people who are committed to carry out that which God has called us to. And over the next two weeks, we'll be looking at not only how do we do that, but how that plays out in action. So this evening, uh, Daryl will be speaking about the way we have fellowship with one another and what that means in practice as we have that interaction with other, how we're active in doing that. Some people come and they sit in church and they listen. They may be singing if the song's okay. And then they leave. And they don't have action as they deal together as a part of a community. So that's a part of it. Being active using our gifts, being active in ministry, those are the things we'll be looking at next week. But today, I have the privilege, really, of talking about being active in worship. Lots of people, as they came to church this morning, might have said, I'm going to worship God. Or if someone asks you during the week, what have you done on the weekend? You might say, well, I went to worship God. And we use this word. Sometimes we think that it means the songs that we've just sung, we've worshipped. And now we're doing sermon. And then we'll do coffee. And we have our definitions for what's there. So what we want to look at is how are we as a congregation of people who worship God to be active in worship? What does it mean to worship God? Well, the Old Testament actually uses lots of different words that are translated into worship, but I just want to pick the two major thoughts that go through the use of the words that are in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. The first of those has the meaning of bowing. We don't do that very often 
anymore. But bowing is this idea of submission. Saying how great someone or something is. That's why I think when people go to ask someone to marry them, they go down on one knee. Unless they're really short and then like this. And they say, will you marry me? The whole idea is, you're great. I come humbly before you. And this idea of worship is bowing. Humility, subjection, submissiveness. And we come to worship God and as it uses the word worship throughout the Old Testament, throughout the New Testament, there's this idea of I am putting myself in humbly in acknowledging I am beneath you. You are great. You are amazing. You are wonderful. One of the reasons I think that we struggle to worship God in the West because we have this idea that everybody's equal and even God's included. We don't have an idea of there are people who are greater and those who are less. But the scriptures say that when we come before God, we're to bow. In fact, they go even further in some of the words. You probably can't see me, but it's, it's down this far. Can anyone see me? It's on your face before God. It's basically saying humbly and totally at your mercy. That's what worship is. But the second word is the idea of service. Not service industry as in serving beer at a hotel, but service as in being ready to do whatever that person wants. So if you kind of combine it together, the idea is you've got God and we are there saying, what do you want me to do? We're on one knee, or two knees, or on our face, and we're saying, I'm yours. I'm yours. Tell me what you want me to do. And these two aspects are a part of worship. So if you like, it's the understanding who God is and then doing something with this idea of who God is. So if you like, worship is the response that we have to the revelation of who God is. We find out something about God and we do something. We're active because of what we know about God. So in, in what we read from Isaiah, even what we read from Deuteronomy, there's a statement of who God is and, and Isaiah has this, this vision of God. And I don't think it was in all of his glory, but in some of his glory. And Isaiah says, woe is me, I'm unclean. And then as God reveals more of himself, he says, what do you want me to do? doesn't know where it is, but he says, I'll go. That whole understanding of God and response is what worship is. So let me ask you a question. Is that what you're here this morning to do? You sang beforehand. There were some truths up there about who 
God was? Was your singing in response to what you knew about God? If so, it's worship. Or was your singing because you like the music, in which case it's good singing and that's nice, but it's not necessarily worship. Because worship is an understanding of who God is and responding to that. I looked around, and if you were near me, I wasn't looking at you. But there are times when people, as we're singing praise to God, aren't. They're just listening. Now, maybe in that listening, there's a response. I'm hearing this about God. In which case, that can be worship. I'm hearing how wonderful God is. I'm listening to people around me singing and it's amazing what God's done for me. Or sometimes they're thinking about the football game that was on yesterday or the day beforehand or what they left on at home or really just, why am I here? And just being here and being present isn't enough. Worship is a response. So go through the service for today, if you like. How do we worship in the singing? Well, we do it as a response. How do we worship as we read the Bible together, as we listen to it? Do do we read the Scriptures because that's what we do? Or do we read the Scriptures because God has spoken? And we want to hear what God has said. If it's just what we do, then we're involved in a religion and we have worship practices, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's worship. God wants it to flow from the heart as we understand who he is. His people in the Old Testament just went through the motions of doing what he said worship was and God in a number of places said, I just wish someone had shut the door and keep them out. I don't want them to come and do it because it's not from here. It's not in response to who I am and I just wish you'd close the door because it just makes me sick when they come and go through the motions. I'm not interested in that. But to be active in worship is to have an engagement with what we know about God as we go through something like a worship service. We have the Bible read and we listen and we hear because God has spoken. And we pray We've been praying this morning about a number of things. Prayer as a response to God is because we know he hears and he acts. That's why we pray. We don't pray because that's what Christians do. Although Christians do do it and we should do it because Christians do it. But we pray because God hears and does stuff. God hears and is interested This afternoon we have a prayer meeting that's on. We meet on the second Sunday of every month. We're praying for the loved ones, our friends and family who don't know Jesus. We meet together over in the conference room. Why do we do that? Not just because there are prayer meetings, and it's good to go to prayer meetings, right? Who thinks it's good to go to prayer meetings? It's good to go to prayer meetings. But because God is the one who makes changes in people's lives. We know that. We read the scriptures. We see how he's done things with Paul. We see how he's done things with the disciples. We look back at Abraham and Moses. We look at the prophets and we understand that the one who makes changes in people's lives is God. And if we care about something, God promises to hear us. 
when we come and we say, this is what we want, it's according to you, well, please do it. That's worship. And the prayer flows from an understanding of who God is. That's why we meet this afternoon for prayer. Because God hears and he answers. He's interested. And our response is worship. Why do we listen to the sermon? Well, not everybody does. Let's have a quick check. Why do we listen to the sermon? Well, because we want to hear what the scriptures have to say about God. We want God to, to through the, the opening up of the word of God, to speak to us, to say, this area of your life needs to be dealt with. This area of your life you need to think about this a bit more. Praise God for this thing that's happening. That's why we come and we listen. We don't listen just because it's a really nice shirt today and he speaks general good English and got some pretty funny jokes every now and then. Right? We don't come for that reason. We come because we want to hear God speak to us through what is said. Why do we have fellowship afterwards? And again, those things are all worship as their response to who God is. Three more things to say about worship. The first one is the response to what we know about God. Secondly, worship is a lifestyle or if you like, worship is intentional in Scripture. Worship isn't something that we just kind of go with the flow on. That, like we said before, is religious practices. But worship is something that I choose to do because God has been revealed to me. What I want you to do is just take a couple of seconds to think through your life. How conscious are you as you go through life of who God is and you're responding because of who he is. Now some of those things become lifestyle, if you like. In other words, we've thought about it so often that we do it naturally. And that doesn't make it not worship because who God is has permeated who we are and that's what we want to show him in our actions. So it's not as if we have this constant choice at every single moment, oh, I remember this about God, I better do this or I remember this about God, I better behave in this way. But we develop a habit of life because of who God is. But God does want us to be focused on him at all times. If you remember the reading we had from Deuteronomy, he says, you guys are sick. He doesn't actually say that, but I'm reading kind of behind the lines. Think about this. Think about who I am. Get up in the morning and say this. Say, this is who God is. This should... Determine my life today. When you sit down at night, remind yourself of who I am as you go to sleep. As you walk along the pathway, think about who I am because who I am will determine your life choice, your life action. That's what servants do. They want to know what does God want of my life. 
if a guy rocks up to work in the morning, clicks in the thing, goes in, says good morning to his boss, would you like a cup of coffee, gives him a cup of coffee, and then goes and sits and reads a book and does his own thing during the day, does he deserve a paycheck? No. I went and visited a missionary in Maine. Um, he wasn't a missionary yet. He wanted to come and work at the school where I was principal. And uh, he said, I'm really looking forward to coming and working at the school. He said, I really don't enjoy my job at the moment. I said, why? What are you doing? He said, I work for the Defence Force. He worked for the US Defence Force. I said, well, what do you do all day? He says, well, I take a boat out to the aircraft carrier and I sit in an office and there's really not much to do, so I just take a novel and I'll be getting through lots of good Christian books while I'm out there. And I said, you want to come and work for me? He goes, yeah, I'm really looking forward to doing the Lord's work. Well, we had a frank discussion, but when I went back to the head office, I said, I don't want him to come out. I don't want that sort of worker in my school. I, I don't want someone coming out and doing that, so don't send them. Send them somewhere else. Let someone else have them as a problem. And I wonder sometimes whether God feels that about us. We come on Sunday, we say, God, we want to worship you, we really love you. And then on Monday, we go, well, we did my bit yesterday. That's not being a servant. Being a servant is being constantly there saying, what can I do to help? What is it you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? And you say, well, when's the me time? Servants don't get me time. Good masters allow their servants to have the sort of life that gives relaxation and pleasure and fellowship and all that sort of stuff. They care for them. And God has put us in community so that we might encourage and build one another. We might pray for one another. He's put us in families that we might have that encouragement and we might have that support and care. God has put all the things in place that we are cared for and looked after. He's given us a beautiful world to live in and to work in. But he says, from the time you wake up till the time you go to bed, your desire is, what can I do to serve you? That's worship. That way we can go through the whole, the whole day worshipping God. And when we're sleeping, he'll look after that. Oh, we shouldn't sleep, of course, 20 hours a day unless we're really, really tired. Because we want to serve God. That's what we want to do with our time. So worship is a response to revelation. Worship is a lifestyle, but it's, it's something that we intentionally do. Thirdly, worship is participatory, and it kind of brings those first two together. We are to be involved to worship. We can't sit back and watch. I don't very often get to lead singing. And if you stand in front of me, you know why I don't get very often have an opportunity to lead singing. I'm tone deaf and all sorts of other things. Love to sing. But when you are up here, I've done it occasionally, and you're leading singing, you don't do it because you want people to hear your voice. You don't do it because you want to put on a good performance. You do it so that everybody joins in in praising God. And we can see from up here participation. 
See whether or not someone's engaged with the, the sentiments that are being expressed in song towards God. And that's what God wants. He wants us to participate. Preachers, believe it or not, can tell when you're asleep. Sometimes, you know, at home we talk about what happened during the, the service and my kids uh, kind of, I, I listen to you say that, Dad, and I don't think that's quite right and we have this good conversation about that. But they, there's sometimes that question of, you know, how, how did it all go? And the thing is, they're often surprised that I can tell them, well, you know, about 10% of the people weren't paying any attention. It was more down on the left-hand or right-hand side, the people at the back, you know, this was going on. Because you can see... How's that? Huh? Wake everybody up? Huh? Whether or not people are engaged, not in the talk, but engaged in listening. And there are times as you say something that really is applicable to someone, it can be written on their face. And that's what should be happening. Because worship is participatory. I'm reading a book at the moment which is called Quitting Church. And it's a, a religion journalist view and she's gone and had a look at what was happening in the church, particularly in the United States, as to why so many Christians don't go anymore. And she said she knows these people, they love Jesus, but they don't go to church. And she's gone and she's talked to a lot of them and she's come back with some of her responses. I'm only up to chapter 2, so I can only talk about one of those two things. I haven't read the rest of it yet. But one of the things that she said that people say is that when they come to church, they feel like they're just watching. They just watch what happens. And then they wonder why life is dry. They wonder why they don't really enjoy it. Well, the thing is because worship's never supposed to be watching. Worship's participating. And it's not just on Sunday, it's throughout the week. It's getting involved in being active in things. There's a seminar on next um, Saturday at 9 o'clock. Right, you see how I've just kind of woven a couple of advertisements through the sermon? Pretty cool, huh? Um, we've got a seminar on next Sunday, next Saturday, on welcoming. Why? Because God is someone who wants people to feel welcomed. God wants people to be embraced as they come to worship him and to fellowship. And particularly as people come in and they're, they're coming into church for the first time, there is this understanding in scripture that, that people are to be embraced as family. They're to be fellowshipped with. And we're having a training day to say, if people are interested in doing that, let's do that. Now, this was announced last week. This is what we need to do. Why are we doing this? Well, I've asked a lot of people since I've been here, why do you come to Sunnybank District Baptist Church? And great teaching. They say, great teaching. What well, um, They say, well, you know, I've got friends who go there. Our last church... Eh, we love the singing. You know that the lowest answer on down the bottom? I don't think anyone's yet said to me, oh, you're just a welcoming church. 
I came and I felt loved. I came and I felt welcomed. So I think, no, that's what we want. We want to have this welcoming church. We want to have a group of people who are welcoming folks. Not that people aren't welcoming, but it's hard in such a group, so we need to have you focused in doing this. So it was announced last week. Sign up sheet down the back. Do you know how many names are on the sign up sheet? What does that tell me? Nobody listens to the announcements? That's why I put it in the sermon. Nobody reads the bulletin. That's why we announce it. We're not really sure that that's what we want. We've got other things to do. I don't know. But all I know is we have 700 adults who come to this church on any given Sunday. And we don't really have enough ministries here to get every single one of those people active in doing stuff for Jesus in the ministry. If everybody who came and said, I just want to serve God, was active in participating, we'd have to start 10, 15, 20 new ministries, outreaches, ways to train people, to get people involved. Because they're saying, look, I just want to worship, I just want to serve Jesus. Can you find a place where I can do that? Can you? Can you find somewhere for me to serve Jesus? And we'd have to run around like chooks. Not that we don't run around like chooks, but we'd have to run around more like chooks to find things for people to do. Because people are saying, I want to get involved. I want to be involved in the family of God to reach out to a world that's lost. Can you give me an avenue to do that? That is worship. We need to be a church that's worshipful. It's a response to revelation. Who can remember the second one? Lifestyle, intentional, someone's listening, (laughs) and it's participating. The last one, and this is the one that I think freaks people out probably the most, it's a whole of body experience. It's a whole of mind experience. It's a whole of emotions experience. It's all of who I am. It's everything. Even rugby league understands this. I don't know if anyone's listening to the game, Titans versus Bulldogs. Who really cares? The Bulldogs lost. I mean, on Friday night, the the try towards the end of the first half, the penalty was given. It was just going to be a scrum, but the penalty was then given to the Titans against the Bulldogs. Why? Because something bad was said to the ref. And then the guy came up, I can't remember who it was, and said to the ref, he only said this, it wasn't that bad. And the ref said it was his tone. He was given a penalty because the ref didn't like the tone of what the guy says. And you think, how dumb is that? Tone? That's just like... But I know that, you know, if I'm talking with my wife and she says something, I said, yeah, I love you, dear. That doesn't work. You see, I love you, dear, just like that, it's nothing. There's the eyes, I turn my body... And there's the emotions, and then it's, I really love you, dear. She's just down there. That means more 
because it's me expressing something rather than just the words. It's all of who we are is worship. Think of the money that we give in, in giving. It's a response to the revelation of the fact that God made this world and it's his and everything we have is from him and we want to express back in response thankfulness and we want him to use it for his glory. It's a service to him. Well, if I'm getting that sort of gift, my idea is like, it doesn't mean don't give it. But it's like, you know, if, if I wake up in the morning and it's my birthday and my kids walk in and throw me the present without wrapping it or anything else and no cup of coffee, what do they expect? They say, oh, thank you so much for being so open and overwhelming and giving me this gift. It doesn't matter what it is, even if it's a new coffee machine. All right? It doesn't matter what it is. If their attitude, the whole demeanour of what they is, look, Dad, we know we have to do this for you, but would you mind, we have stuff to do. They won't say that because they're good kids. And they don't actually act like this, because if I said that, that would be slander. But if they did, I would be annoyed, because I want their heart involved. I want their body involved in the showing. I do listening to people. I can tell you, some people... Almost finished. You ever been to a prayer meeting? Lord, uh, we love you very much and... uh, yeah, we're just hoping that you're going to guide us and lead us today. Um, thanks for everything you do. Amen. I tell you what, if I sat like that and talked to my wife, my family, I'd rightly deserve to get smacked. Were, were, were my words good? Absolutely brilliant words. Right? Can I do that and mean it? Yes, I can. But it's jolly hard. And all of us, If people talk to us like that, we don't think they're listening and we think God is dumb and he's somehow fooled. Our worship isn't led by our emotions. We know that. It's led by our revelation of who God is. But it impacts our emotions. Isaiah cried, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips and I come from a people of unclean lips. What am I going to do? Participate to what God has revealed with all of yourselves in activity. That's what we're talking about over this next period of two weeks. Let's pray. God, you're amazing. We've sung your praise. We've heard your commands. We've remembered what Christ has done. We've seen your faithfulness in giving children to families and blessing us with them. We've gone through, we can see your faithfulness in 
in providing us with life. Help us as your children to worship you in spirit and truth with our whole being. Help it not just to be an occasional experience that we have, but help it to be a perpetual life that we live of wanting to live as your servants in your presence. Help us and encourage us in this, Lord, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.